You were created for more. You may not always see it, but there is a lot of sweet in every mess and in all of the mundane. Exodus 3.8 is a promise to deliver us from the brokenness of life to one filled with hope. We want to remind you of God's faithfulness that will lead you into a land flowing with milk and honey. Join us, Lindsay and Amaris, as we share practical wisdom for all things marriage, motherhood, faith, and womanhood. So grab a cup of coffee, get cozy, and join us. This is the Milk and Honey Podcast. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the Milk and Honey Podcast. I'm Lindsay and I'm here with Amaris. Hey. And we hope that you guys had such a wonderful holiday um, and that you're ready to just dive into the new year. So today we are going to talk a little bit about strengthening, creating, and cultivating your core values. So whether these are your personal values or your family values, we want to really encourage you to set some foundation um, for your life, for your home, and walk in those values and allow them to mold and shape the decisions and the actions of 2019. So um, last night, Amaris, Jesse and I were talking a little bit about what we want for the new year, and we've never really been big with New Year's resolutions. We just don't do them. Do you guys do them? We don't do New Year's resolutions, really. We do goals, and we kind of name our year. So this year, we've named our year like contentment, but Mm. we don't really say like, this is our resolution. We just have goals and practical things that we implement on a weekly, daily basis. I love that. That's really good. Yeah, we don't do them because... I think for me, I've just realized that I'm the type of person, like when I want to do something, I need to just jump into it or it's never going to happen, kind of like we talked about in our self-discipline episode. But I think that God kind of gives us the ability to start something new every single day. His mercies are new every morning. And so if we want to start something, it doesn't have to be on the new year. And as a procrastinator, my my flesh wants to wait <laughs> until the new year yeah. to say like, okay, January 1st or like, you know, like I'm going to start working out on Monday. Um, but I don't want to do that. And so anyway, we were talking about what we did want for 2019. And it was kind of like what you said with the goals. We just really want to be intentional with our lives. We want to see growth in our family. And I think a lot of that comes from, you know, really writing down the things that you want to see. And one of the things that we started discussing was and I don't even know really how we got onto the topic was just what we want for Sutton and Saxon and how we want them to be able to, oh, I know what got me on it. I was reading Justin Timberlake's book that I got for um, Christmas and he was talking about how he was surrounded by music growing up and how that just became a passion for him. His parents were, or his dad was always um, playing the guitar. And so he wanted to play the guitar and he loved music. And I was just kind of thinking like, I want Sutton Saxon to have the opportunity to be around other people's passions and gifts, not only my passions and my gifts or Jesse's passions and gifts, but for them to see what other people love and what other people are talented in so that they have exposure to those things to kind of have the opportunity to grow in them. And so um, we really just started talking about like what that looks like and giving them the options to be in certain, you know, like to go and do piano or go and do wrestling or go, I mean, whatever that they want to do, but that being around others who have those goals and those desires like really helps to 
make it a real thing for them, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And also, as we were talking, we got into family values. And I remember you saying in a past podcast that you and your family have like written out these family values for yourselves. How long ago did you do that? It was just this year that we have actually implemented core values, but we've been talking about family culture since we've gotten married. Family culture for us is really what we want to be known as, how we want ourselves and our lives to um, be a reflection of what's going on within our hearts, I guess. And so from for the longest time, when Nick and I first got married and we did premarital counseling, we said, oh, we want our marriage to look similar to this couple's marriage, or we want our marriage to look similar to this, or even going back even farther than that, when I was single, I said, I want to be known as a woman that's warm and encouraging and inviting when people are around me. And so I had started to establish a culture, a personal culture that bled into my marriage and then now is bleeding into my family of really what do I want to be known as? That makes sense? It does. And the thing is that you guys, for those of you listening, that this doesn't have to be a family thing, whether you're single in college or married and you have children, no matter what season of life you're in, these are personal values that you're setting up for yourself. It really just allows you to ask the question, who do I want to be? Who do I want to be known as? And whether you're in a disagreement with a professor or with your husband, or you have a misunderstanding with your children, These core values give you a foundation that you can lean on and go back to when you're on shaky ground, whether it's with temptation and you're just really struggling with something or decision-making throughout the year. You can go back to these core values and allow them to help guide you along with utilizing scripture to do the same. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to dig in a little bit with Amaris today and figure out what her personal values are, what her family values are, in hopes that it encourages you guys to incorporate these into your own lives. So Amaris, what are each of your family values and how did you come up with them and why are they important to you? Yeah, I was reading John Maxwell's book called Today Matters. um, And it's all about the importance of implementing values in your daily and principles and like practical things on a daily basis versus like having unachievable, unreachable goals because you're not changing your day-to-day structure. And so he talked about the balance between work and family and Nick and I can both struggle with that. And so he said that in order to protect his family and keep the balance able to function properly, he established core values for his family that acted like a fence, you know, like boundaries and like a safety net. So if things, if one thing in your life got out of balance or out of proportion and it crosses that boundary, then you're able to say, okay, pause. This isn't who I've said that I was going to be. This isn't what I've said that my family is supposed to look like. This is how, this isn't what I have said I want to be known as. So it's compromising what my core values are as a person or as an individual or as a family. And so then you can kind of stop and reevaluate life. So yeah, so we implemented it or started to implement them because of John Maxwell's book. And then also we had gone back from years ago to when our pastors had had been mentioning a family culture or even like a personal culture of like, what do you want to be known as, as an individual? And so we started to implement our core values 
um, as a married couple and then as a family. And so now, even when we're doing premarital counseling with new couples, we tell them this need you need to establish your family values as a as a married couple, and then eventually what your family values want you want them to be as a as a family to protect your marriage and your family as a whole. So our family values or our core core family values are Beechers are committed to Jesus, family, excellence, generosity, and to protecting and loving. And when we say these things, so I have them written out, but I, it says for each one, it's like Beechers are committed to family. Beechers are committed to generosity. And so it helps us understand that it's a daily concept and not like this fluid every once in a while when you feel like it, then you're excellent, then you're generous, then you're this or that, whatever your value is. No, we're committed to these core values on a daily basis. And then in addition to that, it helps us teach them to our children. And so if there is a teachable moment where I'm disciplining my children or in any teachable moment with my children, I can say, Andrew or Reese Beechers are committed to loving and protecting. When you did that, was that loving and protecting your sister? Or was when you did this thing, was that being generous with your toys? You know, and it helps us teach them what our family culture is. And then we have them repeat Mm -hmm. back to us because we want them to memorize what we who we are as a family. And so that's what we've established so far with our family. And it's been working out really well. But as an individual, what I, how I established those core values for myself, even before I was married was I had a a standard of how I was to uphold. I, you know, I had an expectation of what I wanted to live my life by. And those were my core values. So I would say Amaris as a woman loves God above everything else. Amaris as a woman is warm and kind and encouraging. Amaris as a woman is truthful. And so I established these core values even before a man entered the picture or even before I had children, because that's what shaped me to be a a healthy wife and to be a healthy friend and to really serve God in the season that I was in, because I had established core values of what, how I wanted to live out my life. And that's how I made sure that temptation didn't compromise my commitment to God or school didn't compromise my commitment to my friendships. Cause you know, sometimes things just can can get out of whack and out of balance. And so when we implement those boundaries or core values, they keep things in the right place. Yeah, that's really good. It's so helpful to see how other people do things. (laughs) Like it's just, the more I have followed blogs and podcasts, it's just really encouraging to have the opportunity to just listen to the way that people structure their lives because there's always ways that we can grow and always things that we can incorporate into our own processes and organization that really help us to look more like Jesus and to live better and to love better. And I love that you shared on the personal values that you had before and that you still carry now that have kind of blended into your family values because it is, you know, I talked to so many girls um, through Sparrows and Lily who, who share about like struggles with purity and struggles with alcohol and struggles with friendship. And so much of it 
in every conversation stems back to like, what do you believe? What do you believe to be good? And what do you believe about yourself? And who do you want to be? You know, and ultimately it all boils down to your identity. And if your identity is in Jesus, he gives you the opportunity to fulfill these values and to live them out um, for his name and for his glory. And there's not this expectation to be perfect in them all. And we'll discuss that in a little bit, but at least striving to fulfill that and to abide by those values in the moments when you're tempted or struggling is God glorifying. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I want to ask you, Amaris, do you have any specific examples in your life where you've utilized these values just to kind of give me a sense and our listeners a sense of how you use them in your day-to-day life? Yeah. In a specific way, it's honestly to protect what God has entrusted me with, if that makes sense. And so, because in Luke 16, 10, it says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And I want to be faithful with the things that God has given me. And if that means on a practical basis or like the way that it impacts our life on a daily basis is that if I, if God has trusted me with ministry, with work and with family, I be able to be faithful with all of those things. And so in order to do that, I have to balance all of them and by putting in those core values so that way they they are married together and that they're not competing with one another. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I I love that because I do think that sometimes in scripture, we might have the tendency to pick and choose some of the things that we want to abide by or listen to. And there's a big difference between knowing about moral values and actually trying to adopt those traits for ourselves, I mean, either personally or for our family. But one of the things that really stood out to me in what you said is just that they don't compete with one another because a lot of the time we'll see people serving in the church and then working really hard and then either like neglecting their family or neglecting their work or neglecting their serving. And if you're committed to excellence and you're committed to glorifying God in all that you do, you will kind of be forced in a good way to find balance between all of those things so that you are honoring God with your work, honoring God with serving and honoring God with your family. And having that that structure and that foundation um, allows you to kind of go back and just say, like, am I doing this in the way that he would want to? And I'm pouring, am I pouring my time in in the proper way? Am I neglecting any of these areas? And am I listening to my convictions to serve the church, to be a part of the church and a part of community while also being invested in my family and working hard at work? Right. And I think that sometimes we can think that something is only going to impact us for the better. And while that is true, it doesn't mean it's not going to be challenging or it's not going to be pruning and stretching and implementing core characteristics that I've wanted to have as an individual, as a personal, you know, human being, or as a married couple or as a family, it required me uh, it, it costed something, you know, like everything that we do will have some sort of cost, whether that's time or your energy, or your mm-hmm. finances, it will cost something. And so these boundaries and these core values that I have implemented into our family, but even the ones that I've implemented when I was single costed my selfishness. It costed me dying to sometimes dying to my will to choose God. You know, if I stayed out really, really late on Saturday night and so I was exhausted Sunday, 
Well, Amaris, I'm am a woman that honors God and I am revering him with my life. And that means I'm still going to go to church, even if I am so incredibly tired, or if I have a laundry list of things I have to get done, whether that be homework or literally laundry, I'm still going to honor God and choose to go to church because that is a core value that I have set aside for myself that I should live out. I love that. Um, so one thing that comes to mind with this and, and just throughout the conversation is sometimes we can get caught up with the perspective of family is everything. Not that family is not a good thing, which we've discussed in a past episode, that good things, when turned into God things, then become ultimately bad things because they're in a position that they're not supposed to be in. And so as we're setting up these core values, <laughs> myself as a type A black and white personality, when I set these things out, my husband immediately started talking to me and saying, you you have to understand there needs to be grace in these areas. If we fail or fall in them, that we have to have mercy, you know, and we have to have understanding. I just, I think a lot of the time we can place our spouse on a pedestal that if he isn't fulfilling our needs, then we feel as if our worlds are shattering or with our children, instead of seeing them as unique children of God, we can instead kind of treat them as a potential fulfillment of what we hope and dream for ourselves or what we hope and dream for them and for their lives. And rather than treating them as a unique child of God, we can instead treat them kind of as a potential fulfillment of our hopes and dreams that we had for ourselves or the hopes and dreams that we have for them. And those things end up in disappointment and bitterness and a lot of the time brokenness rather than joy in who our child has become, we try to mold and shape and idolize them rather than rejoicing in their unique gifts. And the same with our husbands, like rather than rejoicing in their individuality or acknowledging the fact that they can't be all things to us, we try to push them to fulfill these expectations that we have for ourselves. And so with all of that said, when setting up these values, I guess, what does grace look like in your home? What does grace look like for yourself when you fail and fall when it comes to fulfilling these values? Because we're all sinners. We're all depraved. We're all bound to fall short of the glory of God. And so what does it look like for you when you have those moments or when your family has right. those moments? So grace, like you said, has to be the measuring stick by which we do everything. So when we fail or when we are successful, it's grace is the foundation that we live by. And in regards to my husband and my children, when they fail, because they do on a daily basis, I really try hard not to take it personally. I think that we can idolize our spouses and our families and, and it takes them and puts them as a position of God. And it makes them we try to make them perfect and reality. And then that, and then, and then we end up taking everything that they do personally, when in reality is that they are unique, they are different, they are human. And we cannot take their struggles or their shortcomings or their successes, attach them to our identities and take them personally. And so that's mm -hmm. the way that we operate is we operate from a position of grace. And I had to learn this the hard way um, after I had my firstborn, uh, Andrew, because I had postpartum depression. And so I learned that I 
had very little to offer. And so my core values had to shift and not necessarily the commitment to the value shifted, but it was the application that it shifted. So I was depressed and anxious, so I couldn't be necessarily super generous with my time because I learned I only have limited amount of energy to give out. And so I need to be cautious with what I what my, what my input is or what I'm pouring out. So that way I can make sure I'm being faithful and I'm giving my best to those I'm responsible for, like my children, my husband, and then my relationship with Christ. And so it's kind of a seasonal thing as well, is that you're who you are. So say, you know, I, when I was single, my core value as being warm and encouraging is going to look differently when I'm married. You know, I'm not going to encourage, or I'm not going to be like super inviting to every man that walks by because now I have to honor my husband or, you know what I mean? I'm hopefully that makes sense. But So it's the application of the value is going to be, the core value is going to be different depending upon the season. And so that's how you're able to distribute grace when it's needed because Christ came and he fulfilled the law. And so we can't be taking our core values and making them law to provide safety again. No, Christ is our safety and we are trying to live out Christ here on earth. And so that's why we're implementing core values to be a reflection of Christ, but we can't make our core values laws because that's where legalism enters and that's where love leaves. Dang, that's really helpful to me. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. And I love that, the concept of not making it law because that is my tendency of when I incorporate something, it's like, okay, this is the way that it is and this is how it's structured. And when I feel that it gets tainted or it gets a little bit crumbled, then it's all out the window. Like it's just out. And I say, well, forget it then if it didn't work that way. Um, and that's just my sin nature and realizing that, you know, I God has so much grace with me and in my brokenness and I need to have grace with my family and myself in that right. brokenness. And we just want to encourage every single one of you today, no matter what season of life you're in, that you can choose your core values and find consistency in your life through them and allow yourself to honor God more, to seek Him more and love Him more in this new year. So we want to encourage you guys to pick five values, if not more, and I'm going to give just a small list of some that might help you to get your minds working a little bit. The first one is acceptance, having an objective attitude toward others' ideas and practices that differ from your own compassion, um, compassion for yourself and for others, understanding the suffering of other people and wanting to help and do something about it, courage, equality, fairness, generosity, honesty, integrity, kindness, goodness, perseverance, respect, responsibility, and self-control. So those are all some that you can just consider and think through and write them down. You know, what does it mean to you? Why do you want those to be a part of your values? What convictions do you have on your heart that God is leading you toward to make changes for 2019? Um, so I just want to say thank you so much, Amaris, for sharing that. I know that it's going to help a lot of women. Is there anything else that you want to add yeah, to that? Yeah, I think lastly, I think the 
and it's a basic thing, but I think it needs to be said is that the foundational core value has to be who does God say that you are and how are you living out your life to the glory of God. And so when you're picking and choosing how you want to be known, make sure that that is the foundation that you're choosing of how you want to be known is, okay, if I'm a woman of integrity, how does that look as a Christian? How does that look with Christ as my measuring stick or with grace as my measuring stick. So implementing or like having a foundation and a, a, a process of, well, my number one core value should be a display of Christ, whether that's basic or not, that needs to be the, the reality that you live out. Well, thank you so much. And I'm really excited <laughs> to sit down with Jesse and really just work through these because I feel like this year I'm just in a place where I have more of a clear head and I'm making some changes to lighten my load of busyness and a little bit of chaos. So I'm hoping that things will settle. And in that, I really want to use that time to be intentional with my family, to be intentional with myself and the changes that I want to make in my relationships this year and just how I, I mean, honestly, how I want to be remembered at the end of my life, because those are thoughts that I have often. We're never promised right. tomorrow. And God knows, you know, he knows the day and the time that we will no longer be here, but we have absolutely no idea. And so to live life to his glory and to his honor um, means really just focusing on the smallest things in our lives and just watching the way that we walk and live. And just like in First John, it says, if you claim to live in him, you must walk as he did. I probably quote that verse every single day to myself. And what does it look like to walk as he did? And not in a place of legalism or law, but in a place of grace and understanding that he wants more for you. He desires more for you because of who he is, not because of right. who you are. So we hope that you all enjoyed this episode and we just really hope that the new year is a blessing for you, whether you're going through trials and struggles or you're on top of the mountain, that either way you'll be seeking him, that you'll set your face upon him and remember that he loves you and that he desires so much good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So um, if you guys enjoyed this episode, we would really love it if you would take a screenshot of the episode and tag it in your stories, tag the Milk and Honey podcast, and let us know what you loved about this episode. Did you take anything away from it that you're going to use this year? Um, and we love you guys, and we will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of the Milk and Honey podcast. If you liked what you heard, please rate us and review us on iTunes. It would mean so much. Your review helps the show to be found by other women like you. For a daily pick-me-up, follow me, Lindsay, on Instagram at Sparrows and Lily and Amorous at Amorous Beecher. Tune in next week for more fun and encouragement. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.